There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning to the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. This is our new week on the podcast. We have finished up the meeting here at the Living Waters Baptist Church in Moxville, North Carolina. We thank the Lord for Pastor Vernon, the folks here. Uh, the labor we've had this week with Brother John Morgan. We thank the Lord for the preaching. Thank the Lord for the opportunity to preach. Hope it's been a help. Hope it's been a blessing. And uh, we did not record this week because of sickness and other reasons, logistic reasons we had. And so we still do not have a fresh recording on the book of Matthew. Hopefully, we return to the book of Matthew on Wednesday. But for today and tomorrow, we're going to have a recording that was recorded back a couple of years ago in Wellsville, New York. I went through some old recordings, found this, felt like this was the Lord have for us. I hope it's a blessing. I hope it's a help to you as we preach the word of God in the life of Paul. All right, but let's start in Acts chapter 2. Let's <clears throat> we'll see what the Lord will let us do tonight. We were talking this morning primarily of seeing Christ in the Psalms and went through several places and we talked uh, about the soul of Jesus Christ. We talked about the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. We talked about the tears of Jesus Christ and uh, the sorrow that uh, he carried for us. And in Acts chapter 2, we had talked about this briefly this morning, but I'll talk again. And uh, just touch on part of this. And I, w- I want to go over this to get to a particular place. But the idea of what we're talking about in Acts 2 today is this thing where Israel has sang these psalms. They have quoted these psalms. They have been put in them, if you will, from the time they were a child. The uh, holy scriptures and make them wise unto salvation. And yet they lack the understanding to put them in their proper place. They speak of Christ, yet when Christ came, they rejected him. When Christ revealed himself to them, they rejected him. And they would not acknowledge that he was the Christ. And so Peter, having his understanding open in the book of Luke, we see in many of them understanding open. Peter has seen the things of Christ in the scriptures, now expounding them to others. And so in verse 22 of Acts 2, and we'll read it a good bit of this and just touch on a few things because we did talk about this this morning. You men of Israel, hear these words. And so he's preaching to them, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. He tells them, this is who we're speaking of. Makes it very clear. This is the person that we are speaking of here. He's a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. As ye yourselves also know. So again, it's indisputable. They saw Jesus Christ. They saw the work of Jesus Christ. And it's indisputable that this was Christ. It's indisputable that these, at this point, it's indisputable these miracles were done of God by him. They saw the miracles. They know he raised uh, people from the dead. They know that he healed the sick. They know that he 
touched many. And so, again, they need to understand this is Christ. And then he says, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken him by wicked hands, have crucified and slain. And I want you to just notice this here. He begins to speak in this, ye, you, ye, ye, you, ye. He begins to tell them, this was you. This is your part in what was done to Christ. And he's preaching Jesus Christ to them. And he begins here again now to speak of things of old, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Again, is that a miracle they believed at this point? No, they did not believe that was a miracle of God. Again, this has been explained away. They've stolen the body of Jesus Christ. It's commonly reported they've stolen his body. They don't have faith to believe. They're looking at this through the eyes of a Jew. And looking through this through the eyes of doubt. And yet Peter's preaching the message to them. And he said, For David speaketh concerning him, Christ, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. And so again, he's quoting scripture. He's preaching psalm to them. He is telling them things they've heard, things they've memorized, things they've sang. He's reiterating this to them. And then he begins what I call the preaching part of the message. Men and brethren, let me, speak, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. We spake of this this morning. Clearly, he's saying David cannot be the person of this song. For David, he tells us, is both dead and buried. And his sepulcher is with us unto this day. So he's saying very clearly, this psalm that you think is David is speaking of one that is to come. This is David the prophet. This is David prophesying. He's speaking of that which is to, to be. Therefore, being a prophet, who's that? David. He clarifies with him. He wasn't just a king. He was a prophet. Samuel was a priest and a prophet. David was a king and a prophet. Uh, they were not all in one prophet, priest, and king. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to his flesh, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ. So Peter makes it very clear. David is speaking of Christ. David was prophesying of Christ. David was speaking of one which is to come. This Christ is the man that we saw approved of God, do miracles of God. We witnessed his miracles. We've seen him work this miracles. This is who David was speaking about. His soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up. Again, he tells us whereof we all are witnesses. You've seen him. You've looked upon him. Your hands have handled the word of life. That's who we're speaking of. That's who we're preaching. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, 
Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Psalm 110, verse 1. Again, a psalm they well know. A psalm they have understood. A psalm they have sang since they were children. And he's reiterating the scripture to them and saying, this is Christ. We didn't know this was Christ when we were children. We didn't know this was Christ when we sang these songs. We did not know this was Jesus Christ. But now my understanding has been open. I'm preaching to you what I have seen, what I have heard, what I've experienced. I'm speaking to you of this great Christ. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So Peter has preached the message. Peter has told them that this is Christ. He has revealed Christ to them. In verse 37 is our text. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Collectively and then singularly. They were pricked individually in their heart. God has pricked them Concerning this man, Jesus Christ, whom ye slew. Ye are the ones that put him on the tree. Ye are the ones that slew him according to the predominant counsel of foreknowledge of God. But you slew him. And they were pricked in the heart. God cut them. God pricked them. God jabbed them. And this is what the Bible says. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we What shall we, I've said numerous times in the last several years especially, there was a time in church that people knew what that pricking was. There was a time they knew what that hush was, Anchor Baptist Church. They knew when children were silent. They knew when God was moving, children would silent and children would settle. And people would come awake, and people would be stirred, and there would be tears, and there would be joy, and there would be agony in some. They knew it was God. What must we do? Today, you have to tell people, that's God. A man said in the services in Blaine, said to another man, and it was told me, so this is secondhand knowledge, I guess, but a reliable source, said that the man said to him, I've never felt anything like that before. He said, I had to get out of the building. I've never felt anything like that before. And then he said this, I've never heard anything like that before. Now, where's the correlation there? He heard something that pricked him in the heart. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word of God is what pricked him in the heart. And I've said oftentimes, listen, there's things you may have never heard. There's things you may have, now, whether it's right or wrong, there's things you've never, I've been in church now for 23 and a half years, pretty faithful. And I've been in church probably more than most people because we're in church a lot. And there's still times I hear stuff that I have never heard. Heard. Sometimes it's in the scripture. Sometimes it's in Kookyville. My role is to respond to what I hear, but you can rest assured this. 
when it's something we've never heard and it's something out of the scripture and it's something as the preacher stands and preaches a message from God, when it pricks in the heart, you can rest assured this, that's the work of God in your heart. They were pricked in the heart. And they said, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I know where we are in the book of Acts. I hope you know where we are in the book of Acts. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. So now we have a multitude has listened to Peter. They have heard the message. They've been pricked in the heart. Then they that were gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And sorry, easy believism, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines. There were added to them 3,000 souls. My question is this, how many heard? How many said, what must we do? How many of them were pricked in the heart? We go to Acts 7, and we're going to go see the great deacon. I heard a preacher say one time, do, are there any deacons in here? Okay, good. We can tell a deacon joke. I heard a preacher say one time, he said, I love the story of Stephen. He said, because every deacon I've ever had is just as right in his own mind as Stephen. And he goes, no, some I've wanted a stone. But anyway, I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> just tell you what he said. <laughs> Stephen preaches again the message God has given him. And I don't even know where to jump in on this on Stephen, but let me just start in verse 37 for the sake of time. Ricky has told me earlier he's about sick of this place. He wants to leave, so I'm going to try to get out of here as quick as we can. Oh, not that one. I'm saying his dad. Sorry, I get confused. <laughs> this is that Moses in verse 37. And again, he's identifying who's speaking, who's talking, who's preaching, who's testifying, whose law is it, whose prophecy is it. Which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall see the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. Again, something they can understand. Something they can correlate to. Something they've learned their whole lives. And he's trying to tell them, This is he who's in the church in the wilderness. This is somebody you ought to have known from the scriptures. But yet you don't know him. She was spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with your fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us, to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt, saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses which brought us up or brought us out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days. And by the way, Stephen's not lying. Stephen's telling exactly what they ought to know. Stephen is preaching exactly what they ought to hear. Stephen is telling them exactly what has taken place. And he's just reiterating that. But see, he started off with this as he that was in the church in the wilderness. He's established a doctrine 
Then he tells them the history, the things they ought to know. And he goes on and tells them, there, then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. O ye house of Israel, have you offered me to slain beasts and sacrifice for the space of 40 years in the wilderness? Yea, you took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Rephan, Remphan, figures which you made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. And then Stephen tells him, our fathers had their tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he appointed speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which also our fathers that came after brought it with Jesus. Uh-oh. You see, Stephen's crossed a line here with them. All of a sudden now, he's identifying Jesus Christ with the church in the wilderness. Now he's telling this is Christ. For he said, our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the son of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Again, he's speaking of God. He's speaking of the scriptures. He's speaking of prophecy. He's speaking things they ought to know. What's the problem? They don't see Jesus Christ, who's made a little lower than the angel. That man they slew, they don't see that as Christ. That man that was buried and after three days rose from the grave, raised that te- temple up again, they didn't see that as Christ. He's trying to get them to see Christ. He's trying to get them to see in their scriptures, this is Christ. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands of the prophet, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord, and what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Good, sound, safe, practical preaching. He's given them a history lesson, and he's thrown Jesus Christ in there twice. Wonderful. And today, that's where the preacher stops. Let's dismiss in prayer. Let's go home. No, Stephen says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. What's your problem? Uncircumcised in heart, you will not hear what God is saying to you. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all of nine.
Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. 